Good evening, everyone. Today I'm going to be talking about hope. Hope is a comfortable example of, of a longing for the promised blessing of righteousness. The scriptures often speak of hope and a patient of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. The word of hope is something ministered in every day. Laugh. And the word often has a hunt of understanding, for example, we may say that we hope for a change in weather or a visit from a friend. In the la- laughing of the gospel, in the language, or in the language of the gospel. However, the word of hope is sure un- unwavering and active prophet speaks of having firm hope. In Alma 34 verse 41, this is the Book of Mormon. In Alma 34 verse 41 it says, But that but that ye have princes and bear the witness of affliction with the form of hope that ye shall once day, one day rest from all your afflictions. A lively hope. Proverbs 1 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his, his abundant mercy hath brought us again unto the living hope by the restoration of Jesus Christ from the dead. The prophet Mormon taught whose believed God might with, with scarcely hope of better world, yea, even a... Who believe in God might the certain hope of better yea would uh, even they place the righteous hand of God, which hope cometh from a faith, maketh a, 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 a and go to the soul of man, which would make them sure and stand forth, always stand abandoned in good works. But let glorified God, Esther twelve four says. Oh, that's in, if you want to read, it's in Esther 12.4. When we have hope, we trust God's promise. We have a great concern that if we do the works of righteousness, we shall receive our reward, even praise in the world and eternal life in the world to come. That's in Dr. Covenants 59.23. Mormon taught that such hope cometh only through the atonement of Jesus Christ, which is, is that ye shall hope for. Behold, I say unto you that ye shall ha- have hope through the atonement of Christ and the power of the, his resurrection to his ways unto life eternal. And this because of your faith in his according to the promise. That's in Moroni 7.41. As we strive to live the gospel, we go in ability to abandon in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And this is Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, "Now the God of hope fall we with all joy and peace, and believing that ye may abandon in hope and through the power of the Holy Ghost, and we increase the hope and pray seek." <coughs> 
God forgiveness. In the Book of Mormon, a missionary named Aaron, a certain limit, king, uh, king Lamona, if thou was repent of all sins, will bow down before God and call on his name. And faith believe it that ye shall receive, then thou shalt that receive hope through the desire. That's in Alma chapter 20, verse 16. We also gain hope as we study the scriptures and follow the teachings the Apostle Paul taught. Whosoever things we written from it will be written from our learnings that, that we, though prince and comfort in our scriptures, might have hope. Romans 5.4. That's in Romans 5.4 if you want to look that up too. Oh, uh. The principle of hope instead the internal inter into the entireties, but it also comes since sentin us through everyday challenge of life. Happy is he said the Psalms that have God of Jacob, of hope, who hope in the Lord and God. Psalms 146.5. With hope, we can find joy. In life, we can have pence and bear with affliction. With the frame of hope that ye shall one day rest from all your afflictions. That's in Alma 34.41. We, we sh- we can press forward with steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and lo- love of God and all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward fast, facing upon the words of Christ, enduring to the end, behold, thou saith the Father, ye shall have eternal, father, eternal life. Leviticus chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, it says, The Lord is God unto them that wait for him and to the souls that seeketh him. And and it, it is good that men should both hope and quality wait for the salvation of the Lord. First John chapter three verse two and three says Beloved now are ye the are, are we the sons of God and doth not yet appear what ye shall be with be what we know, that we know he shall appear. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that he hath, this is hope in him. Peace for himself, even as he is pure. This is Jacob chapter 4, verse 4 and 6. This is in the book of Mormon. For this intent have ye written these things, that he that may know that we know of Christ, and we had hope of glory many hundred years before the, his coming. Now only of ourselves had a hope of his glory, but also all the holy prophets which were before us. 
Behold, that we believe in Christ and worship in the Father in his name. And also we worship in the Father in his name. And for his intent, we keep the laws of Moses and prepare our souls to him. And for the, this cause, it sent from us unto full righteousness, even as it was announced unto Abraham in the wilderness, to the obedience unto the commandment of God, and offering uh, up his son Isaac which is establishing for God and his only begotten Son. Wherefore, we search the prophets, and we have many revelations, and the spirit of prophet, and having all these witness, we obtain hope, and our faith brings unseeking. Alma 13, verse 20 and 29. This is the Book of Mormon as well. But that ye would humble yourselves before the Lord and call on his holy name and watch and pray commandingly that ye may not be tempered above the which ye can bear and thus be led by the Holy Spirit becoming humble, meek, Submissive, a person full of love and long suffering, having faith in the Lord, having hope that ye shall receive eternal life, having the love of God always in your hearts, that ye may have been lift up at the last days and enter into the rest. Ether twelve thirty two says, "That's in the, this is in the Book of Mormon as well." As I and also. And I also remember that thou hast said that thou hast prepared a house of, for man, yea, even among the mission of the Father, in the, which man might have more excellent hope. Wherefore, man must hope, or he cannot receive the internal in the place which thou hast prepared. Then Moroni 8.26, it says, and the remission of the sins, broadeneth meekness and lowliness of heart. And because of meekness and lowliness of heart, cometh the vincent of the Holy Ghost, which confront filled with hope and perfect love, which love endeth by indulging unto prayer, unto the end, and shall come when we all the sins shall dwell with God. That's in Moroni 8. That's in the Book of Mormon as well. A More Excellent Hope by President Weston Nelson. This is an A More Excellent Hope. February, uh, if you want to read that. This is Brightness of Hope by uh, Neil A. Maxwell, 1994 Journal Conference, if you want to look that up. As I raised my arm this morning, I raised my voice this afternoon to gladly sustain President Hunter. He is a meek and special man. And as we've heard from two new apostles whom we sustained this morning in their testimonies this afternoon, I rejoice again, as I do in two outstanding new 70s and in some special sister leaders. 
For some years, brothers and sisters, there has been an increasing and profound sense of existential despair in the world. This mortal hopelessness both reflects and affects much of mankind. Whether tribal or national, wars constitute the continued experience of 20th century man. A grumpy cynicism pervades politics in so many places on this planet. Holocaust, famine, pestilence, and tides of refugees have taken a terrible toll on human hope. With much of that toll coming from man-made, avoidable disasters. Causality can be assigned to one or another form of iniquity. No wonder, as the scriptures say, despair comes of iniquity. Of course, many disagree over what constitutes sin, but surely they do not welcome the deepening of human despair. Some moderns do not lament the loss of traditional faith either, but surely they lament the further loss of hope and charity ever in such short supply anyway. Does hope really matter, or is it merely an antique virtue? Without hope, what is the future of lubricating forgiveness among the human family? Without hope, why forego now in order to preserve precious resources for future generations? Without hope, what will keep the remaining idealism from also souring into cynicism and thereby laying waste to governments and families, institutions already in such serious jeopardy? A coalition of consequences is emerging. As prophesied, the love of many waxes cold. Even those affectionately secure themselves can sense the chill in the air. The loss of hope sends selfishness surging, as many turn even more intensively to pleasing themselves. The diminished sense of sin diminishes shame that hot, sharp spur needed for repentance. Shame is often replaced by the arrogance of those morally adrift, including strutting celebrities whose outer boldness camouflages their inner emptiness. Henry Thoreau correctly observed that unconscious despair is concealed even under what are called the games and amusement of mankind. No wonder so much hollow laughter emanates from the lonely crowd. As societies trivialize traditional values, we witness a flow of immense suffering. We anguish, for instance, over what happens, including to the unborn who cannot vote, to children at risk, and we weep over children having children and children shooting children. Often, secular remedies to these challenges are not based on spiritual principles. To borrow a metaphor, secular remedies resemble an alarmed passenger traveling on the wrong train who tries to compensate by running up the aisle in the opposite direction. Only the acceptance of the revelations of God can bring both direction and correction 
and in turn bring a brightness of hope. Real hope does not automatically spring eternal unless it is connected with eternal things. What is it that ye shall hope for, Moroni wrote? Behold, I say unto you that ye shall have hope through the atonement of Christ. From this triumphal act, resulting in the eventual resurrection of all mankind, so many lesser hopes derive their significance. Prophets have always had and taught ultimate hope in Christ. Jacob wrote, We knew of Christ, and we had a hope of his glory many hundred years before his coming, and also all the holy prophets which were before us. You and I can be repeatedly reassured concerning this grand hope by the Comforter, who teaches us the truth about things as they really are and really will be. Such hope constitutes the anchor to the soul. Such hope is retained through faith in Christ. In contrast, a resurrectionless view of life produces only proximate hope. Having ultimate hope does not mean we will always be rescued from proximate problems, but we will be rescued from everlasting death. Meanwhile, ultimate hope makes it possible to say the three words used centuries ago by three valiant men. They knew God could rescue them from the fiery furnace if he chose, but if not, they said, they would still serve him. Unsurprisingly, the triad of faith, hope, and charity, which brings us to Christ, has strong and converging linkage. Faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope is in his atonement. And charity is the pure love of Christ. Each of these attributes qualifies us for the celestial kingdom. Each, first of all, requires us to be meek and lowly. Faith and hope are constantly interactive and may not always be precisely distinguished or sequenced. Though not perfect knowledge either, hope's enlivened expectations are with surety true. In the geometry of restored theology, hope has a greater circumference than faith. If faith increases, the perimeter of hope stretches correspondingly. Just as doubt, despair, and desensitization go together, so do faith, hope, and charity. The latter, however, must be carefully and constantly nurtured, whereas despair, like dandelions, needs so little encouragement to sprout and spread. Despair comes so naturally to the natural man. Souls can be roused and rallied by hope's reveille as by no other music. Even if comrades slumber or desert, lively hope performs like a reconnoitering scout out in advance of God's columns. There is hope smiling brightly before us. Hope caused disciples to go quickly and expectantly to an empty garden tomb. Hope held a, helped a prophet to see rescuing rain in a distant cloud, which appeared to be no larger than a man's hand. Significantly, those who look forward to a next and better world are usually anxiously engaged in improving this one, for they always abound in good works. Thus, real hope is much more than wishful musing. It stiffens, not slackens, the spiritual spine. 
It is composed, not giddy, eager without being naive, and pleasantly steady without being smug. Hope is realistic anticipation taking the form of determination. A determination not merely to survive, but to endure well to the end. While weak hope leaves us at the mercy of our moods and events, brightness of hope produces illuminated individuals. Their luminosity is seen, and things are also seen by it. Such hope permits us to press forward even when dark clouds oppress. Sometimes in the deepest darkness, there is no external light, only an inner light to guide and to reassure. Though anchored in grand and ultimate hope, some of our tactical hopes are another matter. We may hope for a pay raise, a special date, an electoral victory, or for a bigger house, things which may or may not be realized. Faith in Father's plan gives us endurance even amid the wreckage of such proximate hopes. Hope keeps us anxiously engaged in good causes even when these appear to be losing causes. Hope helps us to walk by faith, not by sight. This can actually be safer. When unaided spiritually, natural sight often shrinks from the odds. It is immobilized by improbabilities. Mauled by his moods and intimidated by his fears, the natural man overreacts too, while hope overrides the disappointments of the day. Hope is particularly needed in the hand-to-hand combat required to put off the natural man. Giving up on God and on oneself constitutes simultaneous surrender to the natural man. Daily hope is vital since the winter quarters of our lives are not immediately adjacent to our promised land either. An arduous trek still awaits but hope spurs weary disciples on. Those with true hope often see their personal circumstances shaken like kaleidoscopes again and again. Yet with the eye of faith, they still see divine pattern and purpose. By pressing forward, we can stand on what was yesterday's horizon, thereby drawing hope from our own experiences. Hence, Paul described how Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Therefore we sing, we have proved him in days that are past. Hope feasts on the words of Christ written for our learning so that having all these witnesses through the comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. We sing too of how more holiness involves having more hope in his word. Genuine hope is urgently needed in order to be more loving, even as the love of many waxes cold, more merciful, even when misunderstood or misrepresented, more holy, even as the world ripens in iniquity, more courteous and patient in a coarsening and curt world, and more full of heartfelt hope, even when other men's hearts fail them. Whatever our particular furrow, we are to plow in hope without looking back or letting yesterday hold tomorrow hostage. 
Hope can be contagious, so we are to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason for the hope that is in us. If, said Brother Brigham, we do not impart knowledge to others and do good, then we will become contracted in our views and feelings. Despair is contraction at the end of its journey. Genuine hope gives spiritual spunk, including to deserving parents drenched in honest sweat from being anxiously engaged. Just as the leaning tower of Pisa is a persistent rebuke to architectural pessimism, so parental hope, by refusing to topple merely because of the gravity of the current family situation, is a repudiation of despair. Giving parents never give up hope. Though otherwise lively, hope stands quietly with us at funerals. Our tears are just as wet, but not because of despair. Rather, they are tears of appreciation evoked by poignant separation. They will change ere long to tears of glorious anticipation. Yet the emptiness is so real and so restless it initiates a retroactive inventory of what is now so painfully missing. Doing so, however, while forecasting fullness and resplendent reunion. Humble hope helps us to improve by being sufficiently free of ego to ask, Lord, is it I? Submissive hope also readies us to give away all our sins because we have come to know Jesus who alone can take them. Gospel hope keeps us from being muted by being either a naive Pollyanna or a despairing Cassandra. Voices of warning are meant to be heard, not just raised. Being blessed with hope, let us as disciples reach out to all who for whatever reason have moved away from the gospel of hope. Let us reach to lift hands which hang hopelessly down. Hope beckons all of us to come home where a glow reflects the light of the world whose brightness and glory defy all description. Jesus waits with open arms to receive those who finally overcome by faith and hope. His welcome will consist not of a brief loving pat, but instead of being clasped in the arms of Jesus. These primary children will soon sing about wishing that Jesus' arms had been thrown around them. They and we can hope and even know of such sacred things. Of this I testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Brightness of Hope by Edward Neil A. Maxwell. If we have hope, like hope in Jesus Christ, when we have hope in Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father help us throughout our lives. When you have hope in righteous hope, you'll be blessed. I hope I can say the scriptures and know more about Jesus Christ every single day. That's all I hope in. I hope in things. I hope in um, happiness, hope in everything. You hope to go straight 
and narrow path at every time you see the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you can find people in Jesus Christ and hope in love, hope in respect, hope in happiness, hope in everything. You see, what I'm talking about is hope. When we have hope, you know that you can bring brightness and happiness through the love and Savior of Jesus Christ and His teaching. I'm grateful for the gospel. Because when you see the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know that we become more happiness and hope. When we have hope, it can help us through our lives. When you have hope, you know that when we see things that are not there, that you know He'll help you through life. I'm going to do one more video. It's called Photograph and Addiction. Is there hope? Part of me wanted so much to hide what was going on inside of me. I didn't want anybody to look at me and be able to guess that I was struggling with anything. I was just a normal kid. I loved sports and always wanted to be a writer. I enjoyed plays because I felt like I can be somebody else for a bit and it helped me forget what was going on in my life. I came across pornography when I was 11 years old. At first it felt like curiosity and then it became out of control. I couldn't not look anymore. I didn't want to tell anybody because I thought they'd look at me different. At church, teachers would start it out by saying, I know none of you look at pornography. I know you're all good girls, but I have to give this lesson about pornography. I felt another level of shame. And I say, you just told every girl there they're not good if they've done that. I was angry all the time at my family. They didn't know why. My sister said many times, why don't you want to spend time with us? And I could never tell her. Sometimes I felt like they didn't really know me. And if they did it, they wouldn't love me. It just hit me that this addiction felt more important to me than they were. And so I knew I just had to, I had to stop. I did a lot of research on how I could stop, but it was all geared toward men. I didn't know how to make it relate to me as a woman. It just made me feel more alone. Am I the only woman struggling with this? I got to a point where I felt like I was hopeless beyond repair. I remember the first time I knelt in the most sincere prayer where I actually believed that Christ could help me. I remember praying, um, I, just setting small goals and praying just what I for what I needed right then. And it was the first time that I felt that God was listening to me and that he was real and would help me. Feeling hope at all was a miracle because it takes up so much of your life and you feel so out of control and helpless that having any amount of hope that there can be an end to it makes all the difference in the world.
The healing process began simply. It was just literally one day at a time. Till I was thinking about less, I was acting on it less, until it was just gone. I had no more desire to do it ever again. Addiction knows no bounds. It could affect anybody, man or woman. Christ and his saving grace also knows no bounds and can heal any heart and lift any person out of the depths of despair that they feel that they're in. Hope Peter's a Patterson, Patterson story on drug addiction recovery. By my house was this road, and I remember thinking this depression didn't go away. Uh, if I really just wanted to off myself, I could hit this bump in the road, and there's a pull off to the right side, and it, it'd be over. My story starts in 2006, uh, after running and gunning for a few years with my brother using heroin, cocaine. I didn't like who I was or who I was becoming, and I think there was a way back. I remember my brother and I were living in a basement. We were craving like crazy. You know, it had been probably 48 hours since we used, and it got to the point where I felt that I needed to use as much as I needed to breathe. One of our dealers uh, told us that you could steal 509s or 509s of Levi's and trade them to the Mexican Mafia for heroin wounds. I was really scared. I think I was more scared for my brother's life than I was for my own. Battling addiction, you, know, you typically don't do it alone. You're with a lot of friends, and um, after a period of time, you're going to lose a friend or two or three or four. And, you know, my rock bottom was fear. One day we, we come home, and I didn't know really what was going on. We're sitting around as a family. They said, we want to talk about this drug problem. You know, they went around and started talking about how they wanted us to stop. And I remember, you know, lying. What really touched me is my littlest brother, Jeremy. I could tell he didn't quite understand what was going on. And he looked at me and says, I just want my brother back. And... Um, that was the beginning of a, of a turning point for me. So I remember sitting there in rehab, and I remember seeing these guys who had some sobriety, and they seemed to be happy. And I, and I wasn't happy inside. You know, I had a lot of shame. I felt I, I wasn't deserving of God's love. And when I started talking about step two, uh, that my spiritual health could be restored, uh, that was fascinating to me. I had to know, and particularly I had to know if, if I could be forgiven, because I was convinced that if, if I didn't get an answer, <laughs> that there's really no hope. Why, why be here, you know? <laughs> so that night, as I got on my knees, I didn't even get a word out. I couldn't even get a word out because I had an overwhelming, an overwhelming sense of love 
that, that feeling lasted for, it seemed like 10 minutes. I just sat there in awe, just feeling this power, this overwhelming sense of peace that I'd never felt in my entire life. And that was the beginning of my recovery. That's when I knew that, okay, all right, he's there. He's, he's there. That's called Step 2, um, Preston's Story on Drug Addiction Recovery. That's the other thing. I hope if you guys have a drug addiction or any type of addiction, seek the help and guidance of your bishop, stake president, and prayer. It'll help you. Addiction's not easy, I know. I I know people who have addiction. And I just pray that one day they can stop doing the addiction. Because um, it's not good for you. I, actually, I've seen people who... I know someone personally who has an addiction that, that it, this changes them. Um, the skin is different. Um, but I hope one day that that person can stop... And realize, oh, I need to stop this because it's not good for me. It's not easy. Any type of addiction, alcohol, um, drugs, pornography, any type of addiction. I hope you guys can stop it one day. Realize, oh, I need to stop this. Heavenly Father wants me back. Um, He's all-knowing and he is forgiving. That's why you have your bishop. They're not there to judge. They're so they're there to help you and judge in righteousness, but they're not there to judge what you're doing. They're there to help you to be repentant of what you did in the past, what you did in this type of situation you're going through. I hope you can stop doing what you're doing. Hope is amazing. You read all the hope. Even the dictionary recovery talks about hope. I hope you can stop doing the bad things you've done in the past that Heavenly Father help you through your life. Hope to have sobriety. Hope to have forgiveness. Hope to have love. When you do that, Jesus Christ will love you so much. He loves you so much that you can overcome your addiction and everything else in your life. Jesus Christ loves you. I know that to be true. And I say this name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hope you have a good day and talk to you on the next one. Love you. Bye-bye.